friends, family, dogs, ponies, and babies. <laughs> Welcome to the Six Figure Jobs Podcast. My name is James Nicholas Kenny. I'm your host as always. This week, I'm super excited. I have a friend and a colleague out of Los Angeles, Alicia Banks Gabriel. I hope you appreciate that I rolled the R a little bit. <laughs> I do, a lot. Awesome. Well, Alicia, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, this woman is a powerhouse in every and all sense of the word. Um, but before we give a proper intro, I just want to take full responsibility and tell our audience today that I was late to this interview because I was watching Love is Blind from Netflix on my couch. <laughs> a full 15 minutes late just to take full responsibility. So that's our first lesson of leadership today. So I'm sorry I was late. Don't be sorry. It's Sunday. You should enjoy yourself. Reality TV was sucking me in. It's so funny. And I'm like a productivity hack person. <laughs> Not today. Not today. Yeah. I was like, is he standing me up or is he watching Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> so unprofessional. Yeah. Um, so, Alicia, welcome so much to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Alicia has spent many years in the events industry, in the entertainment industry, uh, deep knowledge of the music uh, industry. She actually referred me to uh, a panel uh, with the 320 Festival, which is a fantastic movement around mental health here in LA that was going to be uh, at the Staples Center um, and in downtown Los Angeles at LA Live. But of course, like everything else, it was moved online. Um, thank you again for that. Alicia has also become the new vice president of people and culture at One and All, which is an incredible advertising agency based out of Pasadena. So welcome to the show and congratulations on your new job. Oh my God. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. So, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. So fresh off of that win, how does it feel to get that like the psychological self-actualization of I'm a freaking vice president, badass, lady boss. Uh, I know it's six figures plus. I'm not going to ask you how much because that would be rude. But you're on the Six Figures Jobs podcast, so it's official. Um, yeah. How does it feel? Like the little girl you and then like the, the lady boss. Oh, man. Feel? Oh, man. So it feels incredible. You know, uh, I had a boss once that said to me, you know, eventually the money will come. You have to do the work now and eventually the money will come. And I just never believed her, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, you know what? She she was right. And I feel like I finally made it to that point where I'm like, okay, all of my hard work for the last 12 years is starting to pay off. And now I have to start thinking about the next 12 years and where I'm going to take um, my career and keep it going and keep building and keep learning and growing. Yeah. Wow. I'm so happy to, I'm happy for you as someone that I, that I care about mm -hmm. and that I know, but you know, here on the six figure jobs podcast and the six figure jobs movement, uh, the 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 reason why I started this, uh, and I know I sent you the one sheet, but just to talk about it further, um, for women, for people of color, uh, for all people, um, there is this glass ceiling that exists. Um, people do not get paid the same. Uh, I don't care who you are or where you're from. And to me, there was this big mystic uh, around this big illusion around, oh my God, there's this, this six figure number. And like, 
how do I make more than my, you know, 35,000? And if I'm 26, I don't deserve six figures. Wrong, right? If I'm a single mom, I don't deserve six figures. Wrong. If I'm Latinx, I don't deserve six figures. Wrong. Um, if I'm a straight white male uh, and I'm 27, I don't deserve six figures. Wrong. So I just wanted to shatter all of those narratives and prove to people that through the proper training, hard work, and really just the, the tricks of the industry. I mean, as mm-hmm. HR people, you and I know, we'll hire a person if it comes across on paper the way that it should. And through the interview process, we won't hesitate to give you the $180,000 role if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a massive part of the market um, is just clueless on the reality of hiring Um, because it is a really big confusing illusion as confusing as personal finance is for people, you know, that banks make it so freaking confusing to understand personal finance. I think hiring is this frontier that no one's talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then technology just, has totally <laughs> made it non-human. You know, the ATS systems have just stripped everything away um, and has only focused on specific small words within a resume. You know, when we've been taught to tell our story and how can you tell a story through one or two words that this technology is picking up, you know? And from my experience in the last just two or three years now, the hiring system has changed dramatically in the sense that there's so many people out there applying to jobs and not enough time for people to sit down and actually look through the resumes, which is, of course, the reason why the ATS system has come about. But like I was saying, it it really just removes the the deeper story there and really uh, is a threat to diversity and inclusion when you're going through your talent acquisition um, systems there. So um, yeah, I, I totally hear you. And it's, um, you know, it's definitely a, a focus for me of finding a human centric system or process for talent acquisition to make sure that, you know, people of diverse backgrounds have that opportunity that technology we're finding is is limiting. Yeah, yeah. So you're a highly qualified HR professional. And for our audience who may not know what an ATS is, how would you explain it to the layman person that's sitting at the bus stop next to you? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, it's an applicant tracking system, ATS. So you can imagine Um, a fancy robot able to go through and scan thousands of resumes um, and pick out certain words um, and match it with the job description or whatever words you've picked out or selected as a talent acquisition or recruiter uh, focused on hiring for a job. So it um, is meant to be doing the heavy lifting or the time consuming, you know, leaving through those thousand resumes. But, you know, in the end, like I was saying, it just, um, it's a shortcut and I don't believe in shortcuts. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, Thanks for teaching the audience what that is. Yeah. And um, just added thing there. 
Um, and applicant tracking systems exist in many forms. Um, oh, yeah. it, it's almost like an AI Alexa in, in layman's terms for people who don't know how those work. Um, so essentially within the multiple HRIS, this, this interview is getting very technical, really, really quick. <laughs> HR 101. <laughs> exactly. But it's important that people like you and I, that's what this podcast is for. We want the general public to know this stuff so that when you're in a process, in the hiring process, you know what you're up against, right? Um, so thanks for that. But yeah, but an HRIS, a human resources information system, which is basically the software that runs HR on behalf of a company. Sometimes it plugs in with finance if it's good. <laughs> but um, yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah, that's a bad HR joke too. Anyway, cool. Um, so thanks for that. So um, when you talk about giving it a human approach, I've always perceived you as a heart-driven professional and a purpose-driven professional, which please stay that way, even though you will get more jaded as your career <laughs> goes. Yeah, call me in two months. Two months in. <laughs> yeah, like I'm already, I'm, 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 I'm already jaded. Um. Being in HR is really unique because we are tasked with really only serving and caring about others and people really never check on us. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, my question to you is being heart-centered and being purpose-driven throughout a career, how would you advise uh, a, a person with five years of experience that's early in the career or even 20 years of experience in their career? How do you stay purpose-driven and heart-focused in your work? Or how have you done it? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it's just, um, you know, a fiber of my being. So if you want to be more purpose-driven, human-focused, um, I would say do some internal work, really identify what your, your vision and your mission and your values are. And of course, making sure one of those values is focusing on being more human centric and, and giving to others and, and worrying <laughs> uh, about the minute things that, you know, either set someone off or inspire them. And then you'll begin to pick up on different articles or different quotes or different things that people are saying that could help you help people when they're dealing with those minute uh, agonizing, annoying things in life or, uh, inspiring people and being that source of, uh, you know, optimism to people, yeah. uh, as you're, you're growing in that area. Yeah. You know, um, thank you for that. It reminds me of something that just happened. I think on Thursday of this week, I forwarded a candidate who was well qualified on paper past the applicant tracking system. <laughs> past my screen um, and after the interview with the hiring managers they said that the person was great on paper but they didn't have a point of view mm. and what you were just saying reminded me of when i experience you and the way i've always experienced you and right now on this interview i experience you as a six figure plus person and that means more than a hundred thousand plus in salary. What we're trying to get across to this audience that's listening is that six figure people, it goes well beyond money, right? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about 
the work that a person needs to do to come across in the interview and in the job sustainably mm-hmm. as the person that values themselves enough, right? Mm-hmm. That they come across like that. So it was very interesting that I literally just had that on Thursday. Uh, yeah. The person didn't have a point of view. They were great, but didn't didn't have that. Um, oh. So with that advice that you've given candidates, have you ever coached someone outside of a process? Like it didn't work out with the candidate, but you called him back and said, hey, I just want to let you know, um, I really enjoyed interviewing you, screening you, a part of the process, but I want to give you this advice. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. All the time. I'm uh, brutally honest. <laughs> When, when it comes to that, but um, that also comes with uh, my ongoing support. So I still have, um, I'm still in contact with people who have been my interns in the past, um, still in contact with past candidates, um, and, you know, even people that I've let go, I'm still friends with, <laughs> you know, so it's... Um, uh, and we know this working in HR, people crave feedback, but it's just the way that you position it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. making sure that you're not telling someone, um, you know, I just don't like the way that you talk, you know, it's more about, um, you know, I'm interested in learning about, uh, the the cadence of how you talk, you know, and getting to know someone and taking that time um, to really understand your feedback before you deliver it to them. Mm-hmm. That that way, um, it's not coming from from you. Well, it's coming from you, but it's more about them rather than it is about you. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, and. No surprise, you and I are, t- are are twinsies on many matters, but we're twins. I literally just caught up with it last year's intern the other day and told him to look up this company if he needs you know something, just let me know. And yeah, people that we've let go, I, I still am helping them file for unemployment and like figure yeah. out the next phase in life. I feel like once you're once you're a child of HR, <laughs> uh, the certain HR professionals like yourself see it as a lifelong relationship, even if you have to let someone go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking of being let go, there's 32 million people out of work mm-hmm. for the first time in a hundred years or 70 years. If you go back to the great depression, um, you know, from a place of emotional intelligence and psychology, there's a lot of shame associated with being laid off. Uh, it's a weird thing. It's, it's like a mutual breakup. Like one person didn't get dumped. Like, you know, that feeling you're dating someone and like, it just is, you both know it's going to end. And then the day that it ends, it's just like, it's like a sweet jalapeno. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so laying off is weird because you weren't fired, Mm -hmm. but it's over Mm -hmm. and you're kind of treated like you were fired. And you still have to tell the world that you're no longer a part of the cool kids club, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Emotionally and psychologically, if we were just going to do some role play, is that okay? Yeah, I would love that. Okay, ready? Hello. Alicia, hey, it's James. Hey, buddy. How's it going? (sighs) 
I've seen better days. Um, I got laid off this morning. Jeez, Louise, I'm so sorry. Are you doing okay? No, it sucks. Well, don't cry. I mean, you know, the initial shock right now is hitting you, and that's okay. And, you know, feel that out. But, you know, just like everything, time heals all wounds, you know. So you have to take a breath, take a moment, and realize that you are not your job and that you're going to be moving on to bigger and better things in the future. And it's in your hands now, you know. Your your destiny is not in your company's hands anymore. It's in your hands. So it's actually a good thing. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, Alicia, that was, that was, that was very spot on to a lot of what I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. More powerful is the belief than what you say, right? Mm -hmm. Because your your beliefs and your values drive what, what comes out of your mouth. And um, again, I'm like, I'm already so cool with you and I'm already such a huge fan, but on this, on this interview, it's like, I'm <clears throat> talking to myself uh, yeah. in terms of how our values are as professionals. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- being, uh, you, you are your own badass. I'm oh. just saying like, it's so cool to hear you approach these topics. Yeah. You know, and, um, it, you know, I've been let go in the past. I was let go from from publicist just before COVID hit, and it is emotional. You know, like still to this day, right now in this moment, I have that I'm presently working at publicist. You know, because mm-hmm. it's this thing of like, well, if I don't have a job, a recruiter's going to look at my LinkedIn and think that you know I'm slacking off or I'm not doing something. You know, and it as a deeply honest person, it hurts me (laughs) to keep the present up there because it's not true. I'm not presently working at Publicis, you know, but the, the contrast of it saying that I don't currently have a job hurts more emotionally than if someone were to call me out and be like, you're not actually working at Publicis right now. Right. (laughs) You know, so, um, uh, there's that thing. And then the other thing too, you know, when I was let go in the past, very early in my career, it's, you know, devastating, especially when it's the first time that it happens to you. Or, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people haven't gone through it um, in the recent years. So uh, the one, uh, I found this uh, quote online, and it's, it's from unknown. So who knows who said it, but God bless them. Um, it goes, look at how much we've failed. That's how much we've learned. And so I really love it because it's from the collective. I, I, I always love we statements. And it's also paying tribute to the fact that, you know, not everything is perfect. And that's okay. And you learn and you grow from it and you move on. Yeah, that is the absolute truth. Um, one of the things that stood out in that little role play that we did is you you told me that I am not my job. Mm-hmm. And I literally tell that to every single one of my employees right now. And I think it is one of the most valuable things that any professional can 
learn earlier in their career and practice throughout their career because the right professional, in my opinion, you enter into the role and you transform the role. So mm-hmm. just like we've been saying through this whole interview, who you are as a professional determines that. You can hire one person that is an IT director that can do the job and they will follow it exactly as it's written. That's mm-hmm. person, person A. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they'll get a 3% raise every year and they'll be there for 10 years. There's candidate B that's going to get into the role and they're just going to have problems. They're never going to quite get it right. There's going to be mistakes. Maybe they're let go after 90 days. Maybe they're let go after two years, but it's never going to be quite right, right? Our underperformers. Then there's person C that they come into the role and the company goes, holy shit, I didn't even know IT could be this. (laughs) Because the person transformed the role. But the only way that that's possible is if that person was transformed themselves, right? So I love what you said about how do you cope with being let go or being fired? You have to detach yourself from the work. And it's a very difficult thing to do because we're all emotional and heated. And to your point, we self-identify with that job title. Like you're saying, even though you just got a dream dream job of a lifetime, there was a self-identity with the former employer. Well, you know what it is? Uh, your your job is, um, is your interest uh, or your hobby that you get paid for. And so mm-hmm. there is some sense of um, joy or uh, inspiration, motivation, there, there's something that ties you to that, uh, to that job. And like you were saying, whether you're coasting, whether you're bad at it, or whether you're really good at it, it's still an interest. And that's why there's that emotional tie to it. But you, uh, you aren't your job in the sense of, um, you know, you're not tied to your company you have this interest that becomes your job or your profession. And so uh, you don't need um, a company in order to do that job. So especially in this time, if you're let go, what I've been telling people to do is be your own boss. Keep diving in, keep learning, uh, find something on the internet, maybe a TED talk, maybe uh, someone threw up something on SlideShare. And it inspires you and invokes some thought. And just do a TikTok or an Instagram story, sharing your ideas and your thoughts or your feedback for that and tag that person or tag that company and start connecting with people and just putting yourself out there and, and sharing your ideas and, and you know, going back to our other conversation, having a point of view. You know, because the more that you do that, the more that you're practicing that, the more you're putting yourself out there, the more that people will notice. Wow. You are top, 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 top tier. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's so crazy. I'm, I'm loving it. Well, because I, I was going to ask you, I'm, st- I'm still going to ask you because I've got this important question. Um, my name's Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Missouri. Uh, I live in Florida, Texas, wh- wh- wherever. Um, I'm in construction management. Mm-hmm. But I really want to be in uh, mobile tech. You know, this is a story for a lot of us. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in advertising, but I really want to be in tech. I'm in tech, but I really want to be in hospitality because I love wine. That's where my heart is. Um, how have you helped people do that? Because that's, that's, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to the applicant tracking systems and how you look on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is coming from someone who, uh, gosh, when did I trans, I guess I was seven years into advertising, creative advertising, and then I uh, transitioned into talent HR. Um, And, you know, you just have to keep pushing it will remind you a lot of that first year out of college when you're going out for jobs and they're saying, well, you need experience before we hire you. Well, how are you supposed to get experience when you were in school this whole time? How does, you know, my schooling not equal uh, experience? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like you got your first job, you know, maybe do an exercise of, of sitting down and, and reliving that experience and what you did to get your first job out of college. Um, that will help guide you in terms of uh, a very tangible to-do list to tackle, but you want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And because of, you know, again, that emotional uh, attachment to your interest um, in wine, for example, you will not let up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I just keep encouraging people to keep pushing and don't let up until you get what you want. Yeah. No, I love that. I had a friend who was, uh, at a, who was an agent uh, at a major talent agency here in LA. And um, they uh, are going back to UCLA to get a certificate in human resources management um, because they really want to go into human resources. So I've advised a lot of people. Um, the online education world is a whole new re- revolution that's going on. So if you are in hospitality and you want to be in tech, if you are in construction management, but you want to be in forestry or whatever it is, there was literally some sort of certificate. Um, I looked up a certificate from Harvard uh, yesterday. It's Mm. $82,000. That's the highest of the high end. But I went to Stanford in 2017 and got a certificate in organizational culture. um, And it it wasn't (laughs) $82,000. I'd still be paying off. (laughs) <laughs> but I also went to um, UCLA in 2015 and got a certificate in neuroscience for business. And these were all things that I did, number one, because I was curious and I wanted to hustle, like you said. Mm-hmm. But number two, for me to go from consulting in, into being an in-house practitioner, I felt that I needed a little bit more education behind me. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening... Everybody has a night or a weekend or a couple nights and a couple weekends over a couple months that you can get some sort of proof mm-hmm. that you can transition from hospitality to PR or whatever it is that you want to move into. So I love that. Alicia's telling you to have the grit, the hustle, the courage, and the determination. James is saying, get some online education. And we're both also saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
and, and right now there are so many deals or free courses you know i'm taking the harvard justice course on edX. Oh, really? yeah that's free highlight i'll send you the link it's so good and then Yale's uh, happiness course with their professor, Laura um, Cortez, I believe is her name. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I'll send you those two. That's amazing. Um, I want the last one that I looked at that I actually wanted to do. Um, London School of Economics has a uh, uh, course on, I forgot what it is. Um, it's like behavioral negotiating economic it's like this long term <laughs> all the buzzwords <laughs> yeah it was super nerdy i was like ooh, i want that behavioral economic negotiating yeah um yeah. So that was the last one that, that i that i really um looked at but anyway but that's that's amazing I, I think definitely let us know how that uh turns out so alicia um um are you in terms of what you do outside of uh, of work if people want to get a hold of you, follow you on Twitter, follow you on Instagram to be inspired by you because you are absolutely inspiring. I'm about to go run after speaking to you. I'm so inspired. I will get off the couch. Get um, it. Uh, how do people get in touch with you and fo follow your life? Yeah, I'm at uh, Alicia BG. So it's E-L-I-C-I-A-B-G. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm all over everything. I've uh, avoided TikTok though because it's a little time consuming for me when I'm <laughs> going. Yeah. I'm, I'm so disappointed you don't have time to make dance videos all the time. No, and you know, my sister, my strategy friends like to repost all the interesting things from TikTok already. So I, f I feel like I get enough without having to dive all the way in. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud to say that I've never downloaded Snapchat and, and I won't. And I'm, Really happy that I have that much more of my life that I never did Snapchat. Never, never. Yeah, I'm proud of you too, you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's Amazing. enough lo love is blind to to keep you occupied, you know. Yeah, to waste all my time. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the Six Figure Jobs podcast. Congrats on your new role. Thank um, you. I'm excited to see the, the work that you're going to do there. That organization is really fortunate to have you. The LA HR community is fortunate to have you and the LA community in media and arts and entertainment is also fortunate to have you. So we are thankful that you are who you are. Keep shining. As you know, I will always be big bro and a resource to you. Yeah. And I really appreciate your time today. Sorry I was late again. Oh, no. I'm going to be honest about it. No, I'm going to go uh, relax and, and watch Love is Blind now. So yes. okay. yeah. <laughs> about it. shout out to our friends at Netflix. We're trying to help them. Become, yeah. Even though they're more valuable than Disney now, we, <laughs> we're trying to help them continue to grow. Oh man. Yeah. So crazy. Well, well, as we always say on the six figure jobs podcast, life is too short to be underpaid. So go get that money. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, James. And it was thank so you so much. You. Okay. Chat soon. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Take care.